big difference. We wanted again to welcome you. Uh, this is our third week in this series. And I believe that this week is a week that if we apply it, just like in any other week, that what we learned today, we're going to look back and see where it's made an impact. Isn't that great? If you can look back and see something, well, this made a difference. And if, if you can do that and you can track it, you know, that's an awesome thing. Then we can know, hey, we can keep doing that up. But the key thought um, is what we've been talking about. If we look at people who have accomplished much, this is what we think. What big things are they doing that I'm not doing? How did they get there? How did that happen for them? What, what are they doing? What makes them so special? And isn't the enemy just subtle enough to get underneath your skin and just say, oh, man, God will do that for them, but they, he won't do it for me. And we began to work under offense and all that. We've established our key thought for this series, and, and we've, we're figuring this thing out together. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that you're helping me, that you're going to help us communicate this. And, God, that we will be better because we know you, and you make it all matter. In Jesus' name, amen. We talked last week about our thoughts and why they matter so much, because our thoughts influence, influence our words, you know, and we... Wherever your, th- your strongest thoughts, that's the way your life is starting to go. Okay, and your thoughts influence your words. So, the, um, you know, what you speak, and then what you it influences what we do, and then it creates our habits, because if we continue to do the same thing and think the same thing, say the same thing, do the same thing, it starts creating our destiny. And uh, so today we want to talk about our words. We've talked about our thoughts. We've talked about the one word, and we talked about thought. Now we're talking about what we say. In the beginning was the word. Turn to your neighbor, pound your chest twice, and go, word. Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. And when he created the world, he did it with what? Spoken word. And so there's power in what we say. I want, you know, I've got several scriptures today. This is Proverbs 18, 21. Up on behind me will be New King James. Um, I'm going to tell you the new living. But the New King James says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The new living says this, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. How many of you grew up with the show Truth or Consequences? Remember that? You see, some of us were like, no, I, that was long before I was born. Yeah. Okay, moving on. The words we speak can be this. They can be life-giving words or they can be life-taking words. If you want to change the life you have, you've got to change the words you speak. Small changes in the words we speak can make a big difference in the life that we live. I'm going to say that again. Small changes in the words that we speak can make a big difference in the life that we live. And I'm just telling you, as a man, I don't say as many words as my wife does. Statistics say women need to say so many words a day. Men are really a lot lower than that. Sometimes we come home. How was your day? Good. What else do you want to know? That was good. That's all. It was good. She wants to know, like, what happened? What made it good? What color are the flowers? You know, she wants to know all that. I, and I get that. But also, in, in what we say, there's sometimes... The way we say it or how we say it, how many knows that can mean something too? 
You can say, I love you. You can say, I love you. You can say, I love you. Saying the same thing, but the way we say it, the words we speak can mean a lot. So sometimes together we have to work, you know, and I have to work on how I say what I say or maybe not to even say it at all. James said this, and James was the brother of Jesus. James 3, 3 through 5, it says, again, New Living Translation. You can see the New King James behind me. I like right now, I feel to give you two because I want you to be able to see one and see the other and go, okay, I get a better understanding of it. <laughs> New Living says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. Small rudder makes a huge ship turn where, whenever, or excuse me, wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Look behind me, it says, the rudder wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue, a little member, boasts of great things. It's saying the same thing, but it's just letting you know something so small can make such a big difference. All right, so small make a big difference. So if you show me a marriage that's struggling, I can guarantee you there's probably a lot of life-taking words happening. If you can show me a strong marriage, I could guarantee you there's a lot of life-giving words being said. Solomon was one of the wisest men to ever live outside of Jesus, contrasted many times the giving and the taking of words. So we have some Proverbs this morning, Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. There's one who speaks life, the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Words do matter. Proverbs 15, 4. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but a, per, a perverseness in it breaks the spirit. <laughs> Anybody here ever have their spirit crushed by life-taking words? Everybody has at one time or another. Some can, uh, can, there's something that can be said with how we say, again, what we say. With life-giving words, uh, sometimes you need a life-giving word. Sometimes it's just that word of encouragement, just that one little word. Hey, you were on my mind, just wanted to say, hey, I'm praying for you. That word will just, wow, that just made my day. You don't know what I was going through. Perfect timing. Has that ever happened to anybody where... You got a phone call or somebody said something out of nowhere and you felt like you were in the desert and that call was like water. Anybody? That's uh, that's a life giving word. Let me give you some examples of life taking words. Uh, did you mean to do your hair that way? <laughs> Have you been heavy all your life? I'm just I'm just giving you some examples. You don't have a mirror at your house, do you? Some can even be more intentional. Shut up and get out of my face. Right now. I can't stand you. I've found someone else. I never loved you anyway. You're pathetic. I wish I never met you. Those are life-taking words. That crushes your spirit. The other side of the coin is life-giving words. Man, I'm so proud of you. You're the best. I'd marry you all over again. You're my dream come true. I'm so thankful God put you in my life. Those words just build you up. There's such a difference. Life-giving words are healing to your soul. You need to have words like that. Words that just, are, that just reaffirm you. Something I've always loved about my, my wife, uh, she spoke to our children every day. Every day. 
as they were young, she spoke life-giving words to them every day. She would scratch their backs and recite Psalm 92, 12 through 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. It's hard for me to say that without spitting. Spring forth fruit in old days. They'll be fresh and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Psalm 92, 12 through 15. She'd scratch her back, say that every day. And then she would say this. You're going to do great things for God. Don't miss it. Every day. When you grow up, you're going to do great things for God. Don't miss it. Then she periodically, sometimes, you know, I'd be working at Honda or wherever I was, you know, at the church, and she'd periodically call me on the phone. And then, of course, when we have the cell phone age, she'd send me a text, you know, I love you. Or sometimes she'll send something and she'll say, you're my handsome man or something, which just, you know, (laughs) word to the father on that. So, I mean, you know, that's all good. Uh, I I love that, you know, um, that she does that. That's something that I love. After service, she'll come up, she'll give me a hug, and she'll say, you did good, babe. You know, and and that ministers to me. And, you know, to you, you might be, well, that's great. I mean, that's what a wife would say. But see, you got to understand, I'm not just her husband. I'm also her pastor as well. And to know that God used me to minister to her, that's a big deal to me. It makes me feel awesome. Last week, we did a thought audit about what we'd think about. And if you remember, we, we talked about today, I want, I want to do a word audit, what we speak. But I want you to use your mind. We're not going to hand out anything to you this morning. I want you to use your mind. And uh, there's two categories, life-taking words versus life-giving words. Life-taking words, life-giving words. And, you know, if we, like we did in the one thought audit, you know, if you go one to ten, life-taking, life-giving, with the ten on the life-giving side, one on the life-taking and we're going to think about to others. So we're going to do that first. We're going to go others. We're going to do life-taking, life-giving to others. And then we're going to do ourselves. Do you say more life-giving words to others or life-taking words to others? Do you tell other people, you know what, you're doing a great job. We love you. You're awesome. You know, it's just wonderful. When you're around, it's just like the whole room, you know, lights up. And those are life-giving words. Or do you just say, you know what, and I, I'm guilty of this myself. You know, I, sometimes I just, you know, and then I'm thinking, why did I just say that? You know, and there are people that are just doing their best, but I, you know, I, this is stuff God's worried. God ever work on you or is it just me? Yeah, thank you. Whoever said, oh yeah, love that. Thank you very much. My peeps back there. Yes. He works on me. There's just times that I'm just like, oh man. Life giving, life taking. How about yourself? You say life-taking words or life-giving words. You say to yourself, it'll never happen for me. I can't do that. Man, it just seems like I can't do anything right. I'm such a, do you tell yourself those kind of things? Or do you say, you know what, it's going to be better. This is going to be our best year yet. God's going to use me. God's got plans for me. I can do this. How many would find yourself giving more life-giving words to others than yourself? If we didn't answer 10-10 on giving life to others and to ourselves, we need this. I mean, I, you know, I could sit here and say, ah, the same thing. I, I'm, I need to do this. I need to get better at what I say. There's power in our words. If I want to change my life, then I have to change what I say. The words I speak. You want to change your life, change what you speak. Small changes in the words you speak will make a big difference in the life you live. Small changes in the words you speak will make a big difference in the life that you live. 
Our words have the power of life and our words have the power of death. I'm going to give you two rules about life-giving words. So today we have two points. I'm going to sound like your mama. Because you're going to, as soon as I say this, you're going you're gonna to know. Uh, while you're growing up, and I'm going to shorten it, I'm going to change it a little bit. So I'm going to tell you what your mama would say, and then we're gonna, we'll show you what the point is. If you can't say something nice, <laughs> yes, yes to the people of the children. <laughs> Don't say anything at all. Okay, here's number one. We're going to make this a little bit easier. If you can't say something helpful, skip it. Okay? Can't say something helpful, skip it. Ephesians 4, 29. I had somebody just tell me, you know, the Bible doesn't say much about uh, bad language. Or I'm like, really? I don't know what Bible they have. Mine says a lot about it. Here's what it says, Ephesians 4, 20. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Does that say let some things? It says let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You look at the New King James, let no corrupt word, that's the foul. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Let everything that we say. The NIV says, do not let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth. If, we just, if some of us just applied that verse to our life, to our kids, to our spouse, to ourselves, to our job, to our parenting, to our relationships, to our friendships, that would be just worth coming to church today. I mean, there's sometimes you get around people and you just want to say, do these look like ears or trash cans? Because every time you say something, it's just like. If you can't say something helpful, this is what King James would say. Shut thy trap. It doesn't really say that, but it sounds good. Quit elbowing your spouse. He's talking to you. I'm talking to you. Talking to me. I'm talking to all of us. If you can't say something helpful, zip it, close it, bite it, button it, secure it, glue it, staple it, weld it, plaster it, lock it, seal it. You get the picture. Here's our second point today. If you think something good, say it. If you have something good to say about somebody else, about their circumstances, about yourself or about a situation, if it gives life, say it. Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey. Sweet to the soul, healthy for the body. The Bible uh, in the NIV says it's healing to the bones. Notice Solomon didn't say thoughts are like honey. Or one version says honeycomb. He says words. It doesn't do any good if I want to tell Kim something about how she looks or whatever. If I'm just over here. You know that old saying, it's the thought that counts. You don't know what I'm thinking. How good is that? I was going to get you something for Christmas, but I thought about it. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Rather, you just kept that to yourself, because then I wondered what in the heck you were thinking. If it's something good, if it's edifying, if it's going to give life, don't just think it, because then nobody, you can't give life by just thinking it. You give freedom and life to it by speaking it. 
I mean, you can, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I get that there's life for that, but I'm talking about if you're going to speak life, you have to say it. That's why in Mark it says, say to the mountain. You say to the mountain. If you have life and death in your mouth, now think about how that word just, what do you, well, we'll get there. All right. So I'm going to set my thoughts free if they're good. You cannot say everything you think. That would not be good. Yeah, so anyway. I want to give blessing and give life. My dad, th- just like every Sunday morning, this Sunday morning gave me a Sunday morning preach it call, and that's what he calls it. And he speaks life to me, speaks life to my marriage, he speaks life to my family, he speaks life to TLC. You see, because words that we speak are like deposits of seeds that bring forth a harvest. We're planting. When we're speaking, we're planting. When I worked at Cedar Point for two summers, my dad did something that I'll never forget, and I love him dearly for it. He wrote me every day. Every day, I would get a letter in the mail from my dad. I didn't ask him to do it. He was trying to build a road for me and him that when I was little, I didn't have the relationship that I wanted with him because he was working and he was busy, and God hadn't worked in his life, a lot of my growing up life. Seriously. He didn't get saved till we were older. And uh, and so when I you know a lot of times now he did we did get to wrestle my sister can tell you But we could only wrestle when he was in a wrestling mood You had to know when that was and if you tried to wrestle with him before not good Uh, you know and I you know he'd tell me i'm going to play catch with you and i'd go wait all day for him to play catch Come home and he's tired And i'd say hey you said you'd play catch. He didn't want to be reminded of what he said He wasn't going to play catch with me that day So then when Jesus came in his life, you know, he realized he can't take those things back. All he can do is ask for forgiveness and go forward. So when I worked at Cedar Point, he wrote me every day. And at first I was kind of like, wow, I don't know, every day. You know, I come in there and the guy goes, you got some more mail? And he'd hand me like four letters. Inside the letters would just be some little note that says, I love you, son, dad. That's it. It might be, you're going to do great things for God, dad. I believe in you, dad. Proverbs says this and he would put that in there. Love you dad. Have a great day dad I'm telling you every day I go there. I go there and pretty soon the mail person is like hey I got some letters from your dad And I became famous I mean in in at cedar point. They're like wow, you know what who became even more famous Because they're like I want a dad like that They'd be like, what's he write you every day? And so I would show him. He'd just tell me he loves me. And they'd be, some guys would be like, oh, man, that's, you know, and they'd, you know, whatever. Inside, you know what they're doing? I want that. I want that. You see, they were life-giving words. They helped shape me into who I've become today. And then when I'd see him, he would say those words out loud. And when they come and visit at our house, you know, and it's time for them to leave, and they're going to drive back to Florida. We all stand in a circle, we hold hands, and we start praying. And I'm telling you, like every year, we all start crying. Because he'll start praying, his voice will start cracking, and next thing you know, then I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, Kim and Mal and everywhere, we're all just like, and then Maddie, I don't want him to go. You know, and kind of, because, you know, we have that, that time, and, and it's just a wonderful time. The beauty of of having my in-laws here is I get to see them all the time. So that's a that's a blessing for me uh, It would be harder if they were gone and I had both of them gone then I'd be like oh, 
But so, you know, we get the joy of, of, of both. But it's wonderful for life-giving words on both sides. Uh, anytime you think of something good, you need to say it. Just say it. Words are so powerful when you think of something good. Send the text, post the comment, call the friend, write the note, say it. Make it a rule. You want to change your relationships? Say it. Uh, why hold a blessing back? Why rob any, anyone else of a blessing? Not just to other per- people. You might need to say it to yourself. Quit speaking life-taking words to yourself. Start speaking life-giving words. David, the Bible says, had to encourage himself in the Lord. He spoke life-giving words to himself. Sometimes I feel like I just got to preach to me. Sometimes you ever just get off and you're out in a room or outside. Okay, God, I just need this. You know, sometimes, you know, you, that's, you just got to encourage yourself because it seems like life is coming at you hard. If you want to see it, listen to me. If you want to see it, you got to say it. Say what you want to see. The Bible says this, call things that are not. As though they are. Quit telling it what you what you see now. How about saying what you know God will do? I'm not saying say this. I want to see a BMW in my drive in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about stuff like that. That's goofy. I'm talking about saying what's consistent with God's truth. I'm saying, I'm going to say, I know God wants to bless my marriage. I know God wants me to be prosperous. I know uh, faith pleases him. I know, God, I'm going to walk in faith. I, I can say the things that I know are true, and the truth will set you free. When you begin to say, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. I'm going to speak that, and I'm going to say that out loud. Well, I've always been this way, Brad. It's, my father was this way. My, well, it stops here. Well, your dad had cancer, your grandpa had cancer, and his dad before him. It ain't happening in my house, baby, because it stops here. My body is going to be cancer-free in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that there's healing that flows through my veins. Thank you that my blood covenant with you. I'm going to speak life to my children. I'm going to speak life to my marriage, life to my church. You see, some of you don't have your answer yet. Now, listen to this. God told me that, and I'm like, oh, man. You want me to say that? He said, say this. So I'm going to say it. See, God and I are on a, on a first-name basis. We talk a lot. Some of you don't have your answer because you refuse to speak to your mountain. You just want to pray about it. I'm just going to pray. Well, you probably prayed till Martha comes home. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know who Martha is. She's not coming. You're still in prayer mode. You should be. Now listen to me. This is what he told me. You should be saying and not praying. Say what? I'm saying if you've already prayed about it, you already know what does the word say about it. Why don't you speak to it? Quit telling God about your mountain. Start telling your mountain about your God. Start saying, you say to the mountain, God, I'm going to speak life. Well, Brett, I'm never going to get out of debt. Well, if that's what you're saying, you're never going to get out of debt. But if you start saying, God, with your help, I'm going to put my hand to it. Bless God, I will be out of debt. I will owe no man nothing. And I had somebody even say this, and not to me, but I heard them say, do you mean my house? 
I mean your house. I mean your car. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm telling you is, wouldn't you like to not have a payment? I'd like to not have a payment. I'm going to be out of debt. How am I going to do that? I'm going to keep working at it. I'm going to do what God tells me. I'm going to do it the way he tells me. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Ezekiel was told to speak to the dry bones, not speak about them. Speak to them. Quit. You know, oh, <laughs> we spend a lot of time whining. Stop it. Nobody's coming to the pity party. I've tried to have a pity party for years. Nobody showed up. It's just me. <laughs> so it's time. Let's quit doing that. Let's just speak right. If we make a change over time, the world around us will start changing. The world where you live, your house, your, your neighborhood, your, your life, things will start changing. Every time you speak, listen, I'm going to give you something to do. And we're, we're going to finish this up. Every time you speak, Say this, add these words to it. And that's the way I want it. Make sure that you can say that with integrity after you speak. Here's what you don't say. I'm sick of my marriage. That's the way I want it. Watch that. (laughs) You get on my nerves so much, I wish I never married you. That's the way I want it. I'm pathetic. I'll never get a break. My life stinks. And that's the way I want it. Now, I break any of that. I'm not saying to say that. I'm just saying, if you start adding that phrase, let's do it the other way. I know God will bring healing to my marriage, and that's the way I want it. I know I can do this with God help, with his help, because that's the way I want it. I know we are in debt right now, but we're going to learn to live beneath our means and climb out of debt. And we're going to be tithers and be massively generous on every occasion. And that's the way I want it. If you can add that phrase to everything you say, you're going to be aware of what you're saying. You're going to start saying, I'm not sure I want to say that. You might think before you speak. Thoughts lead to words. Words lead to actions. Actions lead to habits. Habits lead to destiny. Small changes in the words you speak can make big changes in the way you live. In our first week, we focused on one word to drive and direct your upcoming year. The next week, we, we, we talked about a thought. That was last week. That would do that as well. That would match that word. This week, I want you to think of one statement that you'd say over and over again that will drive and direct your year. That'd bring a big difference in the way you live. And you might be thinking, can my thought be my statement? Sure, it can. But it can't just be a thought. You have to say it. You can't just think it. It can't stay a thought. We give life to things that are pure, lovely, wholesome, not by just thinking, but by speaking them. My word was together. I told you that. My scripture I got was Joshua 1.5. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I, I love that. My one statement. Here's my statement that he gave me. Listen to this. I will walk with God, not ahead of him. Now, to you, that might mean, oh, that makes sense. Well, see, to me, that's huge because I have a tendency to be like, if God says, hey, yeah, you can do that. Okay, And I don't get the details. And I've had to learn to to say, I don't want to walk ahead of you. I want to walk with you because I need, if you're going to give me vision, I need provision. I need to know that that vision is provided for. So I need to walk with you, God. So help me with that. (laughs) One small change can change the way you feel, change the way you act, change the way you live, 
change your destiny. you got to hear what I'm saying because it can change everything. You can leave here now with even in just these three weeks and say, my life is making a change. It is turning for the better. And if you apply this, you will never be the same, my friends. The small things that no one sees result in the big things that everyone wants. We always want this, but we don't understand there is always these that happen to get this. There is always a path to walk out. You know how David killed Goliath? Training. Lion. Bear. You know how Daniel got through the lion's den? Training. He prayed three times every day. His relationship with God was strong. Small things no one sees. Big things everybody wants. Change the words you speak if you want to change your life. You can speak life-giving words. You can speak life-taking words. I can just ask you, if it's not life-giving, be like Barney Fife. Nip it in the bud. Nip it! If it's not good, we're not going to give it life by speaking it. Our words matter. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?